because we have normalized, you know, the word lazy and, um, you know, productivity being productivity being virtuous, right? And laziness, I put that in air quotes for listening, <laughs> laziness, you know, being, being really, really bad. And, <laughs> um, it's just, it's, it's interesting when you really start to, mm. to look at it and you start to see how silly it is to, to call yourself lazy for, you know, needing to take a break or being lazy because you didn't do the 100th thing on your to-do list because there just literally was no more time or you literally had to go to sleep or you yeah. were going to pass out from exhaustion, right? That's not laziness. And um, even if it is just like, you know what? I yeah. don't feel like doing anything right now. That is not laziness. That is listening to yourself. And that's a good thing. You should tap into what your, what your body is asking you, what your mind is asking you to do. Welcome to the Empowered Spirituality Podcast. Join me, your host, Samantha Nagel, a certified integrative nutrition health coach, poet, witch, and work in progress for grounding meditations, inspiring interviews, and reflections about spirituality, holistic health, and the world around us. Join in every Thursday as we explore what empowered spirituality means to us in today's world. and welcome to this episode of Empowered Spirituality. I'm in recording this intro on my phone, so it might sound a little choppy, but the rest of it will sound just fine. Don't worry. Um, I actually recorded this episode with Kelly Driscoll two months ago, um, but then I randomly needed a break. So um, coming back to this episode today and editing it, and it'll be out today as you're listening tomorrow for my time. Um, yeah, it was such a beautiful conversation. It was such a treat to come back to it and edit it and and revisit the wisdom. Um, this episode is with Kelly Driscoll, she, her, and she's a YouTuber and podcast host who creates purposeful, high vibrational skincare, self-care, and personal development content that inspires viewers to live their best life. As a YouTube influencer with more than 7 million views, Kelly shares her love of skincare with her podcast, and with her podcast, she goes beyond the beauty products to talk about deeper self-care, mental health, and she empowers others to step into their best selves. And I was actually on one of her podcast episodes. Her podcast is called The Journey, a self-care podcast. And yeah, it was really fun to chat with her there. So that's how I first met her. In this podcast, we talk a lot about self-care, myths about self-care, and burnouts and more. One thing about this podcast is that I had so many technical difficulties, but the main one was I tried a new recording platform and did not like it <laughs> because of all the issues. Um, but at one point, maybe about 12, 15 minutes in, they unsynced in the recording. So mine, there's like a huge lag in mine. So for some of the questions, I, I'm not like a fancy editor, um, so I didn't have like our individual recordings. I just had the main recording. Um, so I had to cut out some of me asking the question and the beginning of her answering because they're right on top of each other and it's horrific to listen to. I was so stressed out listening to it and editing it. So I did the best I could, but there are some really sharp changes where it's like, 
she just starts answering the question. Um, and she didn't really do that. <laughs> like, it's just the way I had to cut it together. Um, and if you notice any of, I felt so embarrassed listening back. Sometimes I go, yeah, mm -hmm. and it's like in a place that doesn't make sense or I laugh in a place that doesn't make sense. So I am more socially competent than that, just barely. Uh, but those mm-hmmms were supposed to be somewhere else. I just don't know how to cut those out without, like I wanna keep what Kelly was saying. So <sighs> you're gonna you're gonna notice it, um, but it's okay, I think. I think overall it's it the beauty and the the core of what we're talking about still really shines through with just a couple awkward moments. But maybe you can have fun with those. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoy this episode with Kelly Driscoll. I'm joined with Kelly Driscoll today. Kelly, how are you doing? Hi, I'm doing so well. It's a beautiful summer day here, so I'm feeling that warm summer energy today. Yeah. Oh, it's very warm over here as well. Do you like the summer? I do. I think it's probably one of my favorite seasons because there's just something about the the extra sunlight, you know, that really just gives me that energy and it just lifts my mood so much. Even if I'm sweating, <laughs> I still feel <laughs> Yes. I still feel that like lift in my mood with the sun. Oh, that's so nice. I think the last time we talked, it had just become spring, Yeah, I think, when I was on your podcast. So I like that we're kind of checking in seasonally. Yeah, yeah. It's always it's always interesting <laughs> to check in, like, during the seasons to see, like, how is that affecting you? Because it does affect you. It does change, like, how you kind of structure your time and your day and, and just how you're feeling. So, yeah, summer is definitely up there for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so interesting because actually it's my least favorite season. And I prefer like fall. I'm so excited for fall. Yeah, it's to a come beautiful season. A little bit. Yeah. Um, so speaking of your podcast, you have an amazing podcast that's really centered in self-care. How is yes. that going? Thank you. Um, it's going well. You know, it is um, a passion project of mine. And um, I am, you know, full time. I'm a YouTuber. I talk about skincare and beauty products. And uh, last year is when I launched my podcast. And I really wanted it to be a place where I could go beyond just, you know, pampering yourself with sheet masks or serums and really kind of go into deeper self care and kind of break that kind of chain of consumerism a little bit. And like I said, it's been a passion project of mine. I didn't really know what I was doing when I started it. I just wanted to, you know, kind of speak from the heart. And um, it's been an amazing, an amazing, it's called the journey. I'm going to say it's an amazing journey, but that's really what it is. And um, every season and every batch of episodes, I just feel like it gets better and better. So yeah, it's been going great. Yeah. And it's so great too. I love that you are doing that dual focus of how do we take care of like our outer selves mm. and then how do we take care of our inner selves as well? Yeah. And that's really kind of where the podcast was born out of, because I do feel like for the longest time, the messaging that was out there around self-care was by this thing, you know, and this thing might be amazing and I probably tested it and I'll let you know when I think about it. But ultimately, you know, there is a hollowness to that. Like you can't go deeper beyond a product. You can't go deeper than your skin mm. with that type of messaging. And so it really, at first it didn't really 
hit me that hard. But then the longer I've been in this space and in this industry, the more it started to really bug me that we weren't going any deeper than just the purchase of, of a beauty product or a mm. self-care product, you know, or a wellness product. Um, and I really just wanted to remind people that like self-care and wellness does not have to cost anything. Um, and really kind of like pushing that to the side to have those deeper conversations and that deeper exploration. Um, you know, those things can be good. Those things can help, but they're not the only thing out there to take care of yourself. So. Mm, that's such a great reminder. And I love talking about balance and I feel mm. like your message is that it's okay to spend money on products that make us feel good. And it's okay to nourish like our outer beauty. Cause that does affect our inner world, but you're also kind of reflecting on how that same mentality can be applied to our inner world. So I think that's so beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's like I said, it's a passion project, okay. but I think that there are people out there who really respond to that message because it is not the one that's at the forefront right now. Yes. Yeah. So your podcast is all about self-care. I'm curious, what does self-care mean to you? Oh, well, turning the question around. This is something I ask my guests a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, this is actually, you know, it's, that's great. And you're actually putting me on the spot because I'm like, what does self-care mean to me? Because I feel like it actually <laughs> changes as I grow as a person, as I develop um, and, you know, as I'm kind of like shedding each skin and kind of becoming that next version of myself, I think my connection to self-care, my definition of self-care changes over time. So right now for where I am right now in life, I think that actually self-care means doing less. Um, in other iterations of myself and other eras of my journey, it meant doing more being more elaborate with my routines, you know, more pampering, more rituals. But right now where I'm at, especially as I've shared on my podcast, you know, going through a period of burnout and now kind of in that, that healing phase and just kind of feeling things out for myself. I do think that my self-care routine right now has been about simplicity. And actually I've been kind of toying with the phrase, the art of doing nothing. Um, which is even like just saying it like makes me feel a little uncomfortable because I am that person who's always doing something or being productive and definitely defining their, their worth by their productivity and the work that they do. So I have been finding that, you know, healing from burnout, what my soul is craving. And maybe that's the, the core definition of what self-care means to me. It's what my soul craves at any given point in time. Right now it's doing less. It, it's more simplicity. It's more relaxation, more nothingness, more space um, to just mm. be without having to do anything. Even if it means doing a self-care thing, it's just, it's been tearing back a lot of stuff and um, just giving myself that space of nothingness. And that's been hard, but it's also been necessary and needed. So it's what my soul craves at this point in time. And I think ultimately that's mm. what self-care is for me. It's feeding my soul. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. And you said so many amazing little nuggets <laughs> of wisdom in that big nugget <laughs> of wisdom, <laughs> um, which is, <laughs> um, yeah, the art of doing nothing. I feel like for myself, kind of similar to what you shared in 2020, mm. like that March, April period, I really did have to do more for my self-care um, because I felt like, you know, 
I like wasn't really doing enough to feel good. I wasn't like kind of helping myself in that way. And so I like really dove in and was like so intent on self-care and like, like had my checklists. Um, And then at a certain point that didn't like, that was really helpful. And then at a certain point it shifted and being able to like shift and adapt to see what works for you and, and what meets your needs in whatever season you're in can be so helpful and also so challenging to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. How is that for you to like have that transition to doing more nothing? I, like I said, it, it's a struggle because everything is tied to, to, you know, going through a period of burnout. Um, I think that mm. when I, when I went through burnout, it was definitely tied to, to work for me and, kind of having to really look that head on and not just be like, okay, I've been overworking. I need to take a break, but actually looking at deeper causes of why was I overworking? You know, what were the, what, what was the, the reason behind that? Why was I so attached to that? You know, have I done this before in the past? And so I started to identify patterns of, um, yeah, like a, a unhealthy, you know, connection to productivity, really wrapping a lot of my self-worth up in what I did and how I did it. And maybe being a bit of a perfectionist, but definitely, um, a lot of self-worth was wrapped up in work. And, um, I pride myself on being a hard worker, but at a certain point, you know, you can drive yourself into the ground and maybe even it was a coping mechanism for me during the pandemic. If I could stay busy, if I could stay working, if I could be productive and as a content creator, especially in the early days of the pandemic, you know, a lot of people were telling me that my videos were helping them get through their quarantine and that Mm -hmm. they were just thanking me for being there for them. And it was just like, wow, this is, so this is my calling. This is what I can contribute to this point in time in this history. This is how I can help people through this dark time, which is great. Um, And that, that gave me such a sense of purpose and such a sense of service. But eventually (laughs) um, I think that I wasn't taking the time I needed for myself. So identifying those patterns and having to look that in the face was, was really important. Um, and I think that that's where I could see where my, my own self-care practices had fallen off and what, what did remain of my self-care practices were no longer serving me. Elaborate bath rituals Mm. weren't really cutting it for me anymore. Um, they felt great, but that wasn't really what my soul needed. My soul needed to take that step back. Um, and yeah, to mm-hmm. identify some reasons and to, to, you know, have hard conversations and a hard look at, at those things without the judgment and without the shame on myself. Um, so it is actually still a process. I'm still looking at that. I'm still exploring that. I'm still um, processing that. But I also feel like that healing is occurring um, and m- listening to myself more and really what I need Um and that I'm learning that, yeah, an elaborate ritual for me right now isn't really what I need. Although I did take a really nice long self-care bath last night and it was fantastic. Um, but yeah, actually yeah. finding more space for myself to just watch TV, to take a nap, to you know be outside. I actually... Yeah. took a vacation for the first time in years. <laughs> so it's, it's giving myself space to step away from work and, and not find other ways to be productive or, you know, elaborate with how I'm taking care of myself. Mm. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing. 
something you said that really resonated with me was that feeling of our worth being tied up in what we're producing or our worth being tied up in how much we're working, especially like you said, knowing that your content and the work you're doing is really helping and benefiting people. Um, it can be so challenging to take a step back. And I know for me, just in general, like knowing that content uh, is a part of my business, I always feel like I yeah. could be doing more. Like I could be recording more or I could be planning more or creating new things to work on or thinking about new things in order to relay that information to others. Um, and can kind of feel like it's almost never enough for me. Yeah. I, I resonate with that completely. I feel like there's always more you can be doing, like no matter what it is you're working on, there's always more, mm -hmm. there's always something else. Um, but that, yeah. but to what, it, to what costs, what expense, right? Um, because yes, we can always do more, but, mm -hmm. um, there's always tomorrow. There's always more time, you know, there's always down the road. Mm -hmm. Um, but you only have yourself and you only have your, you know, amount of energy on any given day because it changes or you only have your amount of time. And so I know it's, it's a question that I struggle with too, because I always feel like, oh, I could be on TikTok or I could be on Instagram or I can be on YouTube. I could be making a podcast. Oh, should I be putting my podcast on YouTube? Should I be doing this and that? And maybe I should do a blog. And it's just like, okay, wait, what do you actually have the bandwidth mm -hmm. for? Um, and that's, you know, yeah, tapping into yourself and yeah. what do you need at that given point in time? Because maybe all you have, you know, bandwidth for is an Instagram post. But I think that you should try to focus in your energies where it's going to be best, best used. Because I know the old like adage with self-care is like, you're, you know, you can only serve anybody. Like if your cup is full or like your tank is full, you can't help anybody. If, if your tank is empty or like yeah. put your mask on before you help others. Um, but it's true. You really cannot yeah. show up and serve at your, like at your best self or your highest self, if you have not taken care of yourself first. So, I mean, who are you serving if you run yourself into the ground? that's kind of what I tell myself. <laughs> so that's the advice that I would yeah. give is, you know, um, yeah. make sure that you are doing what is, what is the most meaningful, most important thing and that you're showing up as your best self. And like I said, if that means just Instagram is your thing, you're not, TikTok is not where you can serve people best, but Instagram is, that's where you should concentrate your energy and your bandwidth and don't let the other stuff kind of get in the way of focusing on, on how you can serve in the best way, because you can't spread yourself too thin. Um, and I'm saying this as advice to myself, <laughs> as somebody who has spread themselves too thin sometimes. <laughs> um, that's something that I, I like to focus on and think about where can I yeah. best reach people? Where's, where are my people at? <laughs> how can I show up for them in the best way possible? Mm, yes. I love that too. And I think by taking those rests and, and mm. perfecting the art of doing nothing, as you said, it not only does that help you serve people better later, but it also gives people such a great lived example. Cause you can say to people that you're serving, like, it's helpful to do this, this, and this. It's helpful yeah. to not burn yourself out. Um, but if you're also burning yourself out in the process. So much of, of what I talk about and so much of my experiences that I share are obviously shaped by the last two and a half years that we've had. And, um, 
I know sometimes people are like, oh, I don't want to talk about the pandemic yeah. anymore. It's like, but we have to really process what the experience that we've all gone through um, because it's, it's marked us it, and we carry it with us, whether we want to forget about it, whether it's over, whether we're moving on or, or what have you, it's still with us, whether you like that or not. And so yeah. um, I just personally feel that there is that collective shift happening right now for all of us around productivity and rest and work, especially I'm seeing this, um, because I'm, I'm having my own experience that I've worked through, but I also see this with so many other people where they're like, I don't want to, you know, uh, work from nine until seven at night and have no, no space and no free time and just go home and go to sleep and wake up and do it all over again. I don't want to not see my kids and be there for them when they come home from school every day. You know, I don't want to not have that time with my partner or with my dog or whatever. Like I want to be at home. I want to have free time. I want to have some sense of balance in my life. And I think a lot of people are, are able to vocalize that now in a safer space than we ever were three years mm -hmm. ago. Um, you know, I came from like a, an office environment yeah. and if you like asked for like balance or if you were advocating for working from home or something, it would just, it would go over everybody's head. They'd be like, what are you talking about? Like, this is how it is. This is how it's always been. This is how it's always going to be. And like get yeah. in line. And now I think that there is that shift in everybody's mindset. Like maybe it is a possibility that we can be just as productive from our home in our pajamas or sweatpants or however we want to be. Maybe we don't have to be in person. We don't have to be in an office. We don't have to have these set working times. It doesn't have to be so structured mm. and strict. Um, and I think that now that that's shifting, yeah. people are like, it's like we're coming out to each other a little bit like, Hey, I don't really like overworking. Do you, you know, I don't really like, I don't really like like running myself <laughs> into the ground and yeah. not having any, any balance, even though I seem like I do, I don't. So I think mm. that that conversation is more welcome now and people are starting to have that more. And so I feel like sharing my experience mm. might help empower somebody else to add their voice to the conversation or to speak up and advocate for their work-life balance or even to just give them the inspiration to even look or inwards to see if, you know, they need some healing with their productivity or they need some healing with burnout or just to even be able to recognize it within themselves. I think we're in a really mm. special time right now where we are actually connecting a little bit more with our needs and being able to vocalize them and advocate for them in a space that is at least to a certain extent, a little bit more accepting than it was just a few years ago. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, yes. <laughs> um, I'll start with what you said about the pandemic. I think that's so true that at least in my like circle and then like just noticing how other people are acting, it does feel like we kind of understandably so really just want to move on and put this in the past. And like, of course, one, the virus is still there and there's all that to like deal with. But then two, we all did go yeah. through this period of trauma. And no matter what people believe, like people have varying beliefs on that period of time and, and their opinions on it. But no matter the opinions or beliefs, like everyone was going through trauma at that time. Everyone had fear or intense anger or intense grief at that time. Um, and I know why we like want to push forward and kind of put that all in the past, but it is, 
important, I think, to like integrate that into our experiences. You can open the door or crack the window to mm. it a little bit and kind of say, all right, what happened? Come on in. Um, or like you said, you can bulldoze through it and it just becomes <laughs> an avalanche down the road and you're just going to be smacked and it's going to be tough. It's going to be a lot harder than if you kind of yeah. invite it a little bit and, and, and sit with it and, and allow it to reveal itself to you um, instead of smacking you over the face. Because the thing is, like, what what you're meant to learn, what you are meant to understand about this experience and this trauma, it will come to you. If you don't take the lesson the first time, it will show up again and again and again if you don't. Um, I'm speaking from personal experience as somebody yeah. who has bulldozed through um, certain things without really identifying them or, or sitting with them. It, it comes yeah. back. So, you know, do what feels right. But if you do feel like yeah. maybe you do need to sit with that a little bit, slow down and just see if there's something there, I would encourage you to do so. I think a lot of us are actually doing it right now and we're seeing there's, we're emerging as different people. And that, that, that can be a very positive thing, actually. I feel like I'm emerging on the other side as a better version of myself. Yeah. It was a challenge and it was hard. It was hard times. There were struggles. There was trauma. Um, and I had to sit with a lot of uncomfortable things and then eventually release them. But I do feel like I'm emerging from from this experience. It's like, wow, I'm a lot stronger. I'm a, I'm a better version of myself. Um, it wasn't easy, but um, ultimately I, I feel that kind of shedding of that old version of myself. So yeah, <laughs> it is. I really do feel that there is a collective shift, a collective yeah. healing that is going, that's starting to take place. That's going to continue to take place. And mm. I think a lot of us are, even if we can't identify it, we're, we're feeling a little bit of that, like that energy in our body, that something, just something wants to come through and uh, don't ignore it. Don't suppress it. Mm. Yeah, I totally resonate with feeling like a different person. And I mean, I guess shifting and in, in transitioning into a new person or a different person mm. in two or three years makes sense. But I feel like the person I was going into 2020 is so different from the person I am today. And part of that is the overworking piece. I think I may have shared this on your podcast that I felt like my overworking was like mm. something to be really proud of. And well, I mean, it's something I got a lot of praise for and yeah. um, like a lot of celebration around. Um, and I have noticed this last year feeling like wanting to, wanting to take things slow with my business and wanting my days to be more spacious. And I thought, oh, I'm getting like lazy. And then I realized like, no, I just care about balance. Mm -hmm. Like you said, that work-life balance is a dirty word in my mind. And I try, I'm trying to eliminate it from my vocabulary, quite honestly. Um, there's a few words that like, I, I try not to say. Mm, um, and one of yeah. them is that because I, it is for me, it's, it's self-talk in my head. It's often a, a judgment and shame-based statement that I put upon myself. I'm like, why are you so lazy? Why didn't you do this? Cause you're being lazy. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's think about how you speak mm. to yourself in your head because you, yeah. you find out that you're really mean to yourself. <laughs> you can be so, so judgmental on yourself yeah. and you don't even realize it because we have normalized, you know, the word lazy and, um, you know, productivity being, 
productivity being virtuous, right? And laziness. I put that in air quotes for listening. <laughs> laziness, you know, being being really, really bad. And, um <laughs> It's just, it's, it's interesting when you really start to, mm. to look at it and you start to see how silly it is to, to call yourself lazy for, you know, needing to take a break or being lazy because you didn't do the 100th thing on your to-do list because there just literally was no more time or you literally had to go to sleep or you yeah. were going to pass out from exhaustion, right? That's not laziness. And um, even if it is just like, you know what? I yeah. don't feel like doing anything right now. That is not laziness. That is listening to yourself. And that's a good thing. You should tap into what your what your body is asking you, what your mind is asking you to do. So that is a word yeah. that I've tried to eliminate because I have realized that it is such a judgment-based thought um, and, and in a way that I'm mean to myself in my head without fully understanding yeah that I am being so, so hard on myself. So, you know, I try to flip the conversation if I catch that, because sometimes, you know, thoughts come in and out real quick. You don't even catch them. They just happen. But if you can catch it, I try to flip that statement around and yeah. be like, um, oh, I didn't get this done. I'm so lazy. Well, I didn't get this done. Um, but you know what? There's still time. I will do it tomorrow. Or I didn't get this done, but I'm not feeling well and I need to take care of myself in yeah. this moment. I will have more energy if I do take care of myself. Um, I just try to try to flip it. Like say I said, this is a word that I feel like yeah. is doing me no favors. And um, yes, you will, if you start to yeah. think about work and productivity, you will find throughout your, your life that you've always been praised for working hard, sticking with it, you know, staying late, getting the project done whatever it is, um, you'll find that that is always going to be praised because that's just yeah. how our society is set up. Um, I think if you can recognize it for what it is, which is just our society is set up for us to be productive workers, to contribute to capitalism. Look, here's the thing. We all exist in this system. I'm not saying opt out of capitalism. Like we're all kind of entangled in it. We can't, I mean, you could try, but like, good luck um, opting completely out mm -hmm. of it. You just have to learn how to, to yeah. tango with it. And I think if you can just see it for what it is, which is just trying to encourage us to all be mm. good, productive, you know, workers in this capitalistic system, then I think the praise for being so productive or, you know, maybe the discouragement of laziness and all of that, you can kind of start to see through it and see that it's not really as powerful as we make it out to be. And it's only as powerful as we let it be. Right. So it is a mindset mindset shift. There it is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I have to say it takes a really long time to understand that because <laughs> five years ago, I was the person staying late. Always. I will stay late. I will get it done. Nobody else is doing it. I will do it. And I will begrudgingly do it. And I will hold like, I will hold a grudge about having mm -hmm. being, having to be the one who's doing it because somebody else was advocating for their work-life balance. So I'm the one doing it. Um, I, that was me. I am a somatic inner child healing facilitator and a somatic practitioner. I want to tell you about my inner child healing sessions for women who are looking to heal inner wounds and build a deeper connection with their body and their emotions. Women who long to feel safe in their body and want to learn how to build a supportive and trusting relationship with all parts of themselves so that they can show up in the world with genuine rooted confidence as their authentic self. 
In these sessions, I gently guide you to connect with younger inner parts of yourself and teach you how to navigate your body's memories that are connected to those parts of your psyche. We explore the challenges and intentions that you bring, and I help you understand what your inner children are trying to communicate to you through feelings, sensations, and patterns. Connecting deeper with yourself in this way will bring you clarity and insights and gently support you in healing old inner wounds so you can live your life feeling safe and free from the past. On my website, lisalunsman.com, you can find free resources about somatic inner child healing and how it can support you in your healing journey. You can also book a free connection call with me to hear more about how the healing works. You get $200 off of any of my session packages if you use the code SELFSUPPORT when you book the sessions. I am sending lots of love to you in your healing journey. Five years ago, right? Um, it took me five years to get yeah. to this point. If you had asked me this question last year, I might have even said something different. So it is a it's a journey to understanding how you fit into this, how you fit into the society, what you think of this society, and how you're going to do that delicate dance. But like I said before, yeah. like this is the time um, more than ever where we can really speak out against what's not working for us or advocate for what does work for us or structure things in a way that um, allows us to have both. Um, because I, I do think that having productivity in your life is good. I think that yeah. finding purpose in, in what you're producing or doing, I think is, it's a really magical thing. It's something that I do enjoy. I just don't want it to be mm. my entire life. So yeah, it, it's, it's been a journey to, to discovering yeah. and understanding that. And even just in the last six months, have I really been able to put words on that, you know, cause it was more of a feeling than it was something that I could vocalize. So there really are steps to this. So even if you feel like, wow, I, I can't even like, <laughs> I can't even understand why I, I want to do these things. I can't understand why I am mean to myself about, you yeah. know, productivity in my head. It takes a long time to be able to sit with yourself and, and see that for what it is. But, um, I do think collectively, a lot of us, as I mentioned before, I think collectively this is happening for many of us right now, we are starting to question things. So take advantage of, of that opportunity to go inward about work and everything, because we can really kind of create the world that we want to see. We can change things in this system. I really believe that, but it only happens if more of us are willing to speak up and advocate for it. Mm -hmm. It only happens if we change that conversation, right? So, um, I, yeah. I think, I think it, like just the conversation that we're having right now about yeah. this and the people who are listening, like, I think that this is actually kind of radical still. And I, yeah. I hope that this, this energy inspires others to yeah. go on their own, um, their own discovery journey for them to look at, at, sit with some of these things themselves, but then share it out in the world too. I'm curious too. We're talking about work-life balance, which of course extends to like all work, um, but I'm curious now as you have your own business and you're doing all of your content creation, like how are you balancing your yeah, own work? That's a um, couple of months too, was realizing that to a certain extent, I had all this freedom and power to, to do things the way I wanted to do. And yet I had set myself up kind of the same way that 
the jobs that I hated <laughs> and the reasons that I hated them for, I found yeah. myself in the same cycle and that it was like, okay, you have the power to change yeah. this. Um, I, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. And I think mm -hmm. if you marry like no structure, cause there's no structure until you create it, right? Um, any business that you're going to start on your own, there is no structure. So you can set it up exactly mm -hmm. the way you want to, which is like really thrilling and exciting, but it can also, you have to kind of keep checking in with that every so often to see if you aren't maybe heading in the direction that maybe you just left. Um, for me personally, um, I, I knew that I wanted to try my own thing because I had just come up against a wall a couple of times in more of like a traditional work setting. And I just, I had lost my job a couple of times and the uncertainty of that was just so it was so scary for me that I wanted to see if I couldn't make my own way and have a little bit more control or more say in things. Um, so in, in that sense, it, it's exciting. And I, I think something that really, mm. really drives me forward is the idea of freedom um, in, in so many senses. But if we're going to talk about work and business, definitely that drives me forward um, in having choices. But it also, you can also find yourself trying to set that structure up in a way that you find yourself working around the clock. You find yourself like, like we were saying earlier, there's always something else to be done. There's always somewhere else you can be. There's always something mm. else you can be doing. I think releasing the idea of being done <laughs> um, or reaching the end of the list, yeah. I think to release the idea of that because there's always something else. Mm. Um, and so it kind of takes away the satisfaction of having finished a task if you're always thinking about there's more. So yeah. I think setting it up in a, in a structure that is, and this is something I'm working on, but setting it up in a structure of, of like what is actually manageable within your bandwidth and not pushing yourself too far. So something that I've been doing to kind of self-correct working really late, working without a day off, working without vacations, which is something that I have. I'm not proud of this. The old me would be proud of never taking a vacation. The old, the old me would be like, what's a weekend? I don't take weekends. You know, I work on Saturday and Sunday hair flip, right? Day off this week. Um, you know what I mean? Um, but what I do try to, to put in there is structure that, that makes sense for being a human being, <laughs> not a robot. So um, having, you know, set times where I am working, and this is really about setting boundaries. If you want to call it structure or if you want to call, call it boundaries, um, it's about setting that in place for yourself. So I work from, a, you know, from a certain mm -hmm. time in the morning to a certain time at night, and I don't do anything after that. The task is done and then I'm done. Um, if there's something else on the list, oh, well. Hopefully I prioritized what needed to get done that day and that that was already taken care of, but, um, there's a hard stopping time. Um, I have recently, and this is yeah. scary as a content creator, but I've recently started to not post any content on weekends at all. Um, now that, that may not mean that like I might still be working on the weekend, but like I am not available. Yeah. I'm not visible. And what really drives me on that is actually sending the message to other people nice. that, uh, you know, uh, work isn't happening on the weekend. Um, I am, I am not running oh. my mm. social media or whatever on the weekend and you don't have to either. 
um, I, for me that, that feels really, I feel very strongly about sending that. I feel like my action sends that mm. message. Maybe people don't even realize it, you know, that I'm not um, posting on the weekends and maybe other content creators can, um, take a breather. Maybe they can learn from that and, you know, take a breather from it. So that's something that I've put into place and then just, mm. um, allowing yeah. the permission to take a day off and allowing myself to have permission. Cause that's really what it is like giving yourself permission to do it at this point. Cause no one's going to force me to go on vacation. Right. <laughs> so, um, I have to give myself the permission yeah. and then I have to make it happen. I have to schedule it. I have to honor that time. Um, which is something I just learned to do. Cause I, like I said, I just went on like a vacation for the first time in four years. <laughs> so, um, that's, that's what I'm learning. You know, I'm learning that it is, um, yeah. it's about setting up my structure and boundaries and, um, really kind of respecting certain times because, you know, as my own business, of course I can work on the weekends. Um, but also shouldn't, should I respect that, that time, you know, sending the message of respecting that time. I mean, I, I've been in many jobs where I have had to work on weekends. So yeah. the idea of a Saturday and a Sunday day off hasn't always been like my reality, but I do think that for the majority of people, there is a sort of sacredness mm -hmm. or a ritual about yeah. what a Saturday and a Sunday means. And I don't want to flip that upside down. You know, <laughs> it's one of the few good things I feel like maybe that we have left. So, um, I want to, I want to honor that yeah. and I want to send the message to other people, maybe even that they should be honoring yeah. that and, um, everything will still be there on Monday, you know? Yes. Yes. I love that answer so much. And you mentioned like people might not notice, but even hearing you say that, I feel like I would like to follow your example and not be mm. connected to my social media, yeah. especially social media that's connected to a business um, on the weekend. So you've really inspired me to do that. Leave that message until Monday um, because like I said, it, it, it will all still be there and I do find as much as I love social media as a way to build and connect with a community and really send your message out there or to really help people um, in a way that I don't always feel because I do upload YouTube videos and certainly I've built a community there um, of people who have been watching my videos for years and being able to, to connect with them. But they're are just more tools. I feel like on Instagram, especially to really uh, deeply connect with people or to show them a different side. So I, I think that it is, as you said, a necessary evil. I think it's great, but I also think that it's incredibly draining. Mm. Um, especially, you know, my personality type is like, yeah. if I didn't have to be on social media to connect with my community, I wouldn't. Um, especially having been doing it now for so long. It's so funny. My family's like, it's so strange that like, this is what you yeah. do because like before this, you weren't even on social media. Like you would never post on Instagram or Facebook or anything like that. You would just like leave it dead forever, <laughs> like for months and months. And, like, I know I'm not yeah. really into sharing every aspect of my life or every aspect of myself. Um, but mm. if you feel like you can connect to somebody, you can, you can get that message to them. You can help them mm. and serve them whatever way that it is. It is definitely a driving factor, especially like you said, for business, but it just goes back to that whole, like, you know, taking care of yourself first. And I think for me, um, yeah. 
I can recharge my, my social connected batteries on the weekend and then I'm ready. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm my better, I'm my best self on Monday where I can really, you know, dive deep with people and can make mm. the connection there and, and, you know, get the content out. Whereas on the weekend, it's almost like oh, I should be on here, but I don't want to. And there's that energy can carry through. So I would rather just take a step back and then come back as my best self mm. at the beginning of the week. Yes. You're so right about the energy carrying through. Um, and you also said about, um, you were talking about creating your own business structure and, and now you have the freedom to do things differently. And I was thinking about that as you were saying that, that one, of course, that's so true that we tend to like want that freedom to be able to like work however we please. And then when we do have that freedom, we find ourselves working as hard or as much, if not harder and longer. Um, but then I was thinking, how does that relate to people who aren't their own business owners? Um, but I think that does really apply to everyone because we can design our lives yeah. to an extent the way we want them. Like we can go outside the box in our relationships or in our like home lives. But the lessons of, of, of freedom, right. From, um, structuring things the way that you want to, or the way that your soul calls you to, rather than the way that we were taught, that super resonates with me too, because um, there is a lot of of the expectation that this is the way it is, this is the way it's always been, this is the way, yeah, like you said, your parents have done it, every your friends are doing it, this is the way you should do it too, and um, I think that we should shake off the expectations of others a lot more than we do. Um, because life, you only have one and, and depending on what, you know, belief structure you, you ascribe to, maybe you have more, but you only have this one, right? <laughs> we only have this time. We were given this time and what do you want to make of it? What do you yeah, want to get right. out of this time For sure. on earth? Because, you know, therefore by the grace of God, we woke mm. up this morning, but we might not tomorrow. And that is something, here we go again. That is something the pandemic taught us. Yeah. That's something the pandemic taught me mm. is that life can, maybe life could end and we yeah. don't know. Maybe we could go yeah. sooner than we thought. Maybe we won't get a chance to do the things we plan to do, but also maybe our life will just change overnight. And a lot of yeah. the things we thought we could do tomorrow or next month or next year or later all of yeah. a sudden are taken away from us. You know, I, as I mentioned, I, I just um, took a vacation and I was really, really, yeah. really lucky to be able to travel to Greece. But for the last almost three years, that was not a possibility. And I'm not talking financially. I'm talking, it was not really possible to travel, mm -hmm. you know, because there was travel bans. It was very difficult. A lot of things were closed. So, you know, yes. while that was yeah. a dream of mine for temporarily, and I didn't realize it, that it was going to happen that was taken away from me. Yeah. So what do you want to make of this time that you have right now, right in this moment? How do you want this moment to be? Mm. And if you truly ask yourself that question, you will find the things that you want to change in your life. You will find yeah. the things that you want to, you want to go away that you want to invite in or that you just want to, you know, change, or maybe what you want in this life is to just be more present that's something that I find myself um, 
when I ask myself, like, is this it? Is this what you want? Yeah. Do, do you want more? <laughs> what, what, what do you, what do you want to do with your life? And a lot of times it's like, I just don't want to be in my head as much. You know, I just want to be present in the moment. I just want to enjoy life. I want to feel life. And that mm -hmm. has nothing to do with business or money or content or social media or whatever. It has everything to do with me. Um, so that is, that's something I think that we should all be asking ourselves. And it's not something that I think the world encourages us to ask, what do you want out of this life? Um, because sometimes you find yourself saying, I want more, I want more, I want more. Um, but yeah, I want more, you know, <laughs> I want more life. I want more joy. I want more freedom. Yeah. Um, whatever you want, don't be ashamed of what you want. Don't be ashamed mm. that you want more. Don't be ashamed that you want better, you know, but I, wouldn't you rather have tried to, to set that up for yourself when you'd rather have gone outside of the box to make that happen for yourself rather than sticking to somebody else's course mm. and not yeah. really getting and spending this time the way you wanted to. So mm. it's a little abstract, <laughs> but that's something I ask myself every so often. I'm like, is this it? Is this what you wanted? Um, because sometimes I find that I thought I wanted something and it, it that's not actually mm. what made me happy or yeah. brought me joy. And so I have to mm. do that pivot. Um, but this time is what we make of it. For me, it makes me think like, I might mm -hmm. want this, but like what part of me wants this? Like the part of me that wants yeah. <laughs> recognition or like praise, like, yeah, yeah, that part wants it. But I think that that yeah. start asking yourself that question, um, because it will mm -hmm. lead you to really interesting places and it will lead you to places you could never imagine for yourself. But I think it, it starts with the, with that question. Mm, that's beautiful. Um, I'm curious, you said um, the phrase like, mm -hmm. go within, check with yourself, see what your soul is craving, stuff like that a couple times. I've kind of always had a dialogue with myself, but I think that I've never had a necessarily mm. a, a harnessing or an understanding of the thoughts that I was having. Um, so, you know, maybe I would be judgmental to myself about laziness, but I wasn't able to really see that for what it was. Mm. It was just, I'm, you know, I'm lazy. Um, so, you know, you often like believe the things that you think. Um, but I think for me that, that real deeper journey and, and yeah. really probably the birth of that self-care journey was, uh, morning pages journaling. Um, I read a book called the artist's way by Julia Cameron, which is a, um, mm. it's, Yes. <laughs> it's a very famous book, um, but it is really a great way to not only get in touch with your creativity, um, but maybe to heal some creative wounds, which is something that I, I did go through. Um, I felt wounded creativity, uh, create creatively for a long mm. time. And I think that being out of touch with my creativity put me out of touch with myself. And so I followed a lot of the exercises in the book. I highly recommend it if you are a creative person and you just want to reinvigorate your creativity and get back deeper in touch with it. Or if you feel like you're somebody who's lost touch with your creativity and everybody is a creative person, by the way. Um, 
So one of her exercises is morning pages, which is stream of conscious journaling, where you just start to write. Um, You commit yourself to like at least three pages every single morning, or, you know, maybe you don't do it in the morning, you do it at night, whenever you can do it, but you commit yourself to three pages of journaling, whether you feel like it or not. Um, And whether you feel you have something to say or not, because the idea of it is, you know, even if you're sitting there and you're like, I don't know what to write. I don't know what to write. I don't know what to write. Um, Eventually you will know what to write because it will just stream out of you. So if you get three pages of, I don't know what to write, (laughs) you did the exercise. Good job. Next day, next day, next day, and really commit yourself to that because you will start to find that everything that is going on in your head comes out onto the page eventually. And it is an amazing way to anxiety dump, (laughs) you know, um, I'm somebody who definitely has an anxious mind and I find that morning pages just allow me to release it onto the page, close the cover and put it in the drawer. And oftentimes it stays there, not all the time, but a lot of times it does. So just for that, just clearing the clutter in your mind, the mental clutter, amazing. Once you clear the mental clutter, you start to get to the deeper things. Um, this is a great, you know, once you get into the habit of morning pages, this is a great way to ask yourself, what do I want from life? Yeah. And that's actually what I started asking myself. I started saying, is this it? This can't be all there is. Um, is this what my, yeah. my life was meant to be? Is this all I can achieve? Is this all I want? Is this supposed to make me happy? Mm-hmm. You know, you start to ask yourself deeper questions. And I think that you start to really build the relationship with yourself and really build the dialogue with yourself and, and learn to have those conversations where you can call yourself out on your own bullshit. You know what I mean? Where you can say lazy, no, that's, that's ridiculous. And you can, you can call out those negative, shameful, like self thoughts and then the doubt for what it is, but it's cultivating the relationship with yourself. And for me, it was morning pages. It was journaling. It Mm. was sitting with hard questions and trying to write out the answer, even if it was frustrating. Um, And then eventually I feel like that relationship with myself, as I started to think about it as a relationship and start to nurture it and start really my deeper self-care journey and my personal development journey, I just started to get more in touch with her, you know? And I was able to see her for who she was, not with all these labels and all these other thoughts and all this anxiety and mental clutter. And then all those things come in and then I have to clear them all out again. But it's a lot easier for me to have a rich inner dialogue, even without a journaling, because I've spent time on the relationship with myself. So um, there's actually a lot of inspiration in Julia Cameron's book Mm. about cultivating the relationship with yourself. I don't think that that's the label that she puts on it, but she actually encourages taking yourself out on an artist date, you know, take yourself out on a date. You know what I mean? You would do that in a relationship that you cared a lot about with another person. You would spend time with them. You would ask them how their day was. You would check in with them. You would nurture them. You would give to them. You should do that with yourself. Um, and as you strengthen your relationship, it's just a lot easier mm-hmm. to instantly connect. 
yeah, reinvigorate your creativity, get back in touch with it and just spend some time with yeah. your creativity. Um, cause you're always creating, but are you, yeah, nurturing that, that side of yourself and, um, maybe, maybe not. So yeah, I've been feeling called to go through it again, but it is, it's like, Ooh, that's a commitment. Okay. <laughs> but I will say even just like reading through the exercises is actually mm -hmm. helpful. Even if you don't do all of them, <laughs> um, or even if you're like, I'm going to put that one off for later. Um, I have, I have just found that as like, just mm -hmm. a re as a resource. Yeah it's very rich. It's, it, it gives so much. Um, and it, I think it's changed so many lives, you know, obviously mine included. Um, but yeah, if you haven't, I like, yeah. I really, really recommend this book so, so much because there are so many exercises in it that are really, really valuable for your, for your self-care journey or for your self-relationship. It's not just about being an artist. It's just about connection yeah, with yourself. A creator's life is often a very, um, yeah. it's a solo life a little bit. It is, you are a bit um, isolated. That's the word I was looking for. It can be isolating. So it is, it's amazing to be able to just connect yeah. and have these, these like inspirational hits, you know, these, these hits mm -hmm. of, of, of beautiful, deep connection without a lot of effort. Right? <laughs> um, so I love, I love that aspect of it too, but I also love that. Like, it's not that those, that was the selfish answer, right? <laughs> yeah. Like I just get to have these wonderful conversations and these deep connections with people, but the, the non-selfish answer is those conversations help people. You know, oh. those musings, those ideas, those, those, you know, deeper topic dives, getting into the weeds even actually mm. does help people, you know, even if a little bit of this conversation inspired somebody to question something or make a positive change or just invite a little bit more nothingness, a little bit more space to breathe into their life. That was an impact that like we had. You know, um, yeah. and that to me is the best part is if I can influence somebody in a positive way or give them a little bit of, of yeah. something that makes their life a little bit better. That's everything. So real I know when you were speaking, I was reflecting on, I've only met you twice <laughs> and both times we got right into it, which is yeah. such a cool. Yeah. It's in your real life or your, your personal yeah. circle of like, I don't know, it sounds so weird, like real people and physical friends, but like, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> IRL. Um, the chances of meeting as many like-minded people as yourself is limited <laughs> to, to your, yes, your geography yes, yes, yes. And, and the circle of people yeah. that you know and the connections that you make. Whereas with the internet and podcasts and content and mm. everything, you can reach more people and you can connect mm -hmm. with more people. And I think that's so great because I think if you're listening to this podcast, you probably grew up feeling like you were the only one like you. So it's nice as an adult to be able to be like, I wasn't the only one. Um, I do solo casts where I talk about my journey, um, quite similar to the conversation that we had today and some topics about burnout and really going for your dreams and changing your life. Um, and then I also have um, interviews with lots of different people in the wellness and healing space and the YouTube space um, where we just get to have these wonderful, you know, wonderful cozy coffee chats talking about deeper deeper topics of life. So the journey of self-care podcast, it is available on Apple. It's on Spotify. It's basically on every podcatcher, wherever you're listening now, 
400 plus videos all on the best skincare and serums and and how to take care of sensitive skin and I talk a lot about fragrance free options and gentle skincare as well so you can find me as Kelly Driscoll on YouTube you can also find me as Kelly Driscoll on Instagram and mm. I guess I'm on TikTok too a little bit <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh. super easy <laughs> oh that's amazing um and if you don't want to have to look it up you can just go to the show notes and click 